Alrighty, we're going to get into the word. So I'm going to speak out of Romans 5, 1 through 5. Today we're going to talk about resilience. I'm glad you like that. Cool. All right. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that your promise to us is not that you will take the suffering away, but God, that you would be with us. God, that we would not be moved and we would not be shaken, but that you would make us more than conquerors. And that sometimes suffering and tribulation is necessary, God, for us to see the victory. And so, God, this morning, I just pray that you would shift our hearts, you would shift our perspective on the way that we see our trials, that we see our circumstances, Lord. Um, I pray that today we would be able to lift our gaze and fix it on you. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This, mo- or this past week, I was uh, listening to uh, some podcasts. Uh, if you guys are in need of a podcast to listen to, there is a podcast um, from Erwin McManus. Uh, called Battle Ready. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's great. So if you guys want to listen to it. But um, in this episode, he was talking about the story of um, Elisha and King uh, Jehoash, right? And if you guys know the story, um, Elisha, he goes to the, the king, Jehoash, and he says, shoot an arrow out the window, okay? And so he shoots the arrow out the window, and then he tells him, uh, tap your arrow on the ground, okay? And then so he taps it three times, but he stops, and then Elisha gets upset. Um, also, let me go back. So he tells him to shoot the arrow out the window. And he says, this is a sign of your total victory. Okay? This arrow is a sign of your total victory. And then he says to tap the arrow on the ground. And he taps it three times, but he stops. And then Elisha gets upset. And then he says, because you stopped striking the ground, now you only have partial victory. Okay? So the story starts, it starts with him having complete victory. Total victory. Right? But it ends with partial victory. And so I was like listening to that story and I was like, man, wouldn't it be so traumatizing if you look back, you get to the end of your life and you look back and God's like, I'm giving you total victory. You have total victory. Total victory is in your hands. But what you realize at the end of your life is, man, you actually only had partial victory. And you only had partial victory because you settled for a partial victory. Right? It's not even like that he only gave it to you, but that's what you settled for. Right? And for a lot of us, a lot of times we feel like actually what we want is more than what God wants to give to us. Right? Like there's more of life that we want to live. Right? We, he, like God has all these rules that keeps us from experiencing the fullness of life. And we feel like God is like really cheap. Like we see God as this like really cheap guy and he's like holding us back. Right? From experiencing the fullness. And so what happens is like our heart, we go to war with God. Right? We like fight him. We're like trying to fight for that freedom to live, right? We fight against him, his word, like his, his, uh, his love. But it's actually backwards. We have it backwards, right? 
It's because God actually wants more for us than we can ever ask or imagine, right? There's just somewhere along the way, there's a process that's necessary for us to be receptive to that life, to that gift. A lot of times we feel like, okay, God is with me. Now I should have access to all these things. But the way that God works is, no, in the obedience, in the going, actually you gain more access to that, right? And so even though Elisha, he said to the king, you have total victory, you have full victory, there was something that had to happen in Jehoash's soul for him to claim that full victory. But he quit before he got there. I know it seems strange. It was the tapping of the arrows. But he didn't get there fully. And so all he had was partial victory. And so this is where I see there's two people, there's two types of people in life. Okay? There are people that fail over and over and over again. They go through significant failures in life. But they constantly get up and continue forward. How many people are like that in here? Amen. And then there's another type of person or other types of people who uh, experience, they have one significant failure in life and it leaves them shipwrecked, right, for the rest of their life. And you talk to them and you'll know because they always reference back to this moment or this failure or this hardship or this obstacle, right? They always reference back to it and they're like, you know, it's because of this. That's because, because of this, I'm, here, I'm where I'm at, and I can't move forward, and I can't do all these things. And, you know, the thing is, like, you can't be like, no, like, just get over it. Like, because it's tough, right? The things that they go through is tough. But the thing is, there are people that experience those types of hardships, but also ten times more. And somehow they're able to get up and move on with their lives. And so what is this thing that these people have, this, that first group, that able to fail and, and stumble and go through hardships, but they're able to get up and walk. And what is that thing? And I believe this thing is called resilience, okay? How do you develop those muscles of resilience in your soul? Okay, so we're gonna try to talk about that today a little bit, okay? So resilience is defined like this. I looked it up in the dictionary. It says, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, okay? The second definition is the ability of a substance or an object to spring back into shape, Okay, to its original shape. Um, just from reading that definition, this is like the one thing that I get from it. Okay, how do you determine resilience? Like, if I had to measure resilience, like how would you measure resilience? Resilience is actually measured by the strength of the resistance. Okay? So you can't say that you're, you can only say you're resilient to the level of the resistance that you faced. Okay, for an object, it's the ability to spring back, right? But the level of resistance that it has is the amount of force that you push. Does that make sense? Okay, because you guys are still looking at me like, mm. okay, I need, I need like some kind of feedback. Right? All right, so to determine resilience, okay, is by the strength of the resistance that you face, okay? So, so resistance is not bad. A lot of times we feel like resistance is this terrible thing. Man, I feel this resistance. I feel this resistance, like, it's not a bad thing. It actually uh, is the determining fact. It explains to you the level of resistance. Okay, all right, so we're going to move on. Romans 5, we're going to go into this, okay? So you guys know I like to kind of go into the scriptures and just kind of, like, break down what it says. Um, it helps me personally to understand what it's saying. So you guys just get to tag along with me, okay? All right, cool. The first thing to 
the first thing, the foundation of resilience, okay, the foundation to living a life of resilience is to root your life in the simple gospel. Okay, let the gospel be the anchor of your life. All right. Okay, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So it says, Therefore, we have been justified. Okay, justified. Um, do you guys know what justified means? I'm not going to lie. I was, I was reading through this, and then I had to, like, think twice. Like, okay, justified, what does it mean? It means to be, it means to be declared or made righteous or in right standing in the, in the sight of God. Right? So we have been made right in the sight of God through our faith, in our Lord Jesus Christ, and we have peace with God through him, okay? When it says we have peace with God, that means that we were, at, we were at odds with him before, right? That means we didn't have peace before. But through our faith, because we've been justified, we've been made right with God, right? God is a holy God. That means he can't be in the presence of anything else that is unholy, okay? But through Jesus, we've also been made holy, and that means that now we have access to him, Okay? Through the death and resurrection of Jesus and his lordship in our life, we have peace. Okay, verse 2, it says, Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Okay, through Christ, we have access through our faith. So we have access into this grace in which we now stand. Okay, grace it means unmerited or undeserving favor of God to those who are under condemnation. Okay, basically what that means is receiving something that you do not deserve to have. Okay, the grace that he extends to us, we don't deserve it. The goodness of God, the favor of God, all these things, we don't deserve it, but he extends it to us. That's his grace, right? Mercy is withholding the punishments. When Jesus died on the cross, he bore all of the wrath and the judgment that we should have had, right? That we deserve to have. So God poured out on Jesus, so he withheld that from us. That's mercy, okay? So the grace that we have, the undeserving favor of God to those who are in a condemnation, okay? And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So the glory of God is the power and the goodness and the greatness, all of who he is, right, the majesty of God. We experience it personally, right? So when it says we hope, we boast, that boasting word is like, um, it's not just like, yeah. It's like extravagant, jubilant, okay, like um, if you have the way I describe it is if you've ever watched a Warriors game with me, okay, man, I didn't think I was going to do a Warriors reference today, but I just had to put it in there. All right, if you watch any sports game with me, whether it's the Warriors, the Niners, or whatever it is, like, you just see that, or just any person, right, who's, like, super, like, amped about sports or their team. Like, there's this, when they, like, score that basket or they score that touchdown or they hit that home, like, you see, right, like, they're jumping out of their seats, right? That's the type of, that's what it means when it says boasting, Okay. Um, the gospel is not just that Jesus, that God sent Jesus for our sins to die on the cross, right? Um, and resurrected him to have life, right? But it's that, that power and that resurrection is, is towards us. It means something to us personally, right? The hope of the glory of God that we have is not just all of the majesty of God and who he is, but all of that is towards us, okay? So that's the hope that we have. We see that God is Emmanuel, he's with us, and that his power and his love is towards us. Okay, and the hope that we have is not like um, um, the hope, man, like uh, I really hope that there's parking um, today, right? Or I really hope, this is, this is a real one, I really hope that there's no traffic on the bridge today, 
How many, how many of you guys know that that's is, that is real, right? Because you just never know, right? With that kind of hope, it's like, oh, maybe 50-50 or 70-30, right, if it's really good. But the hope that it's talking about is the full assurance of hope, okay? God's done it in me. I've tasted and I've seen he's going to do it again. It's the full expectation, right? The full assurance of hope of the glory of God. I've tasted of his goodness. I've tasted of his glory. I've tasted of his majesty. I've seen it, and I'll see it again. Okay? You guys with me? Okay, cool. All right, so the key to a life of resilience is making the gospel the foundation of our lives, right? Um, There's this thing called set point. If you guys are, like, doing weight management or anything like that, um, there's this thing called the set point, which is, like, the natural weight that your body just naturally adjusts back to. Okay, so, like, um, what that means is, like, if you go away on a weekend to LA and you get like crazy amounts of good food, right? <laughs> right? And you and you gain like 10 pounds, right? When you get back the next weekend, it's not like you've gained 10 pounds for the rest of your life, okay? Your body naturally adjusts back to this set weight that you have, okay? Like that's just what your body naturally does. And so the, the key to life of resilience is making the gospel that set point, right? A lot of times we're like, man, I need, a, I need the gospel again to lift myself back to that place. No, no, no. Like where we live from is that place where we're like gazing upon his beauty. When we know of his majesty, we know of his glory, right? I understand, man, what he's done for me. The power of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, man, that's my set point. That's where I live, okay? And so that's the set point. That's the key. That's the key to the life of uh, living a life of resilience is to make that to live in that place, right, every day, every day. You know, you know how to change your set point in your weight is you constantly go to that weight, right? I remember there was a season, I think it was like after our first young adult retreat. This is like back in like 2000, I think it was like 12 or 13. Um, man, it was like, it was fire, right? If you come to any of our retreats, you know like God comes and meets us in that place. It was crazy. And so I remember after that, we... We're like so on fire. We're like, we're going to do a 50-day fast. Okay. We were, we were hyped. We didn't realize what 50 days were. That's, two, that's more than two 21-day fasts. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. It just, we just didn't realize. And I remember like during the process, like at first we were so hyped. And it was really good. It was really, really good. Um, but there was something that happened to my metabolism. Okay, when you stop eating for a really, really long time, uh, your body adjusts to that, right? That's what your body's good at. And so, you know, I used to be at this weight, and then after that season, I remember I was, like, eating like I used to or how I thought I used to, and I just could not get my weight back. For some reason, I just, my weight was lower than what it was, you know? Um, not like I was trying to gain weight or anything, but it's just what I noticed, right? But when, we're, when you are constantly going back to that place, that becomes a set point. And so this is the core of our Christian faith, right, is that that is the place that we live at. And so instead of reaching for that place when we're struggling, what we have to do is we have to constantly live from that place. It's an intentional living, right, of, of fixing our eyes, lifting our eyes to him, knowing what he's done, remembering, right. And that's our testimony, right. If I ask anyone here this morning, like, what is your testimony? Like, if I, if I ask you to come up here, like, share your testimony, like, how many of you guys would be like, yes, I know what it is. Like, I know what I'm going to share. 
Yeah, we got, we, we got some. I mean, everyone in here should be, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you should be like, I know what he's done for me. I know how my life is different now. Right? It's, it should be easy. And, you know, just, just to practice, right, when you go home, how was your life before and how is it different after? How was your life before you met Jesus and how is it different now? Right? It's just very simple. And I've shared this, like, story with you guys before. But I remember um, going and meeting my cousin's friends. And they were part of this, like, startup company. And we were just talking. And I remember, like, we were just, you know, making small talk. And he asked me what I did. And I, I told him, like, oh, I'm a pastor. And he's like, oh, oh, you're pretty young for a pastor. And I was like, yeah, I know. I get that a lot. And he's like, man, like, why? Why do you, why do you believe in that? Like, why are you doing that? Basically, you know, and I was like, huh. But I, I saw that as an opportunity, right, um, to, share my, to, to share my testimony. And I just, I just told them in literally like two minutes. I was like, you know, before I struggled with feeling unloved, with feeling insecure about my self-worth, I just felt like I constantly had to, like, earn people's love. I had to earn people's respect. And what I found was I was unhappy, right? I was constantly seeking the approval of people. And I was just so depressed, and when I encountered God, like, he, he loved on me. And he told me that he loved me and that I was his son. And when I experienced his love, immediately all of those feelings, it just went away. And I felt this fullness and this love that I had never experienced before. And I've never, I haven't gone back to that place ever since. Right? It's, like, so short. It's, like, in a couple, I, it, I didn't have some, like, crazy, you know, like, long story or anything like that. I just, like, shared it, like, simply like that. And he was like, huh. That's interesting. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't really think anything about it. And then a couple of weeks later, I saw him again, or he messaged me. And he's like, you know, like, that last conversation I had with you, man, like, there was this brightness on you that I, I just didn't know. I just couldn't explain what it was. But, like, I've had a history where I've experienced hurt in the church. And when I heard your story, there was, like, something inside of me that just, like, felt like it was being awakened. I don't know what it was. Um... But he, like, explained to me all this history about, like, his experience in church and all this stuff. And actually, because of that conversation, he, like, prayed for the first time ever. Like, no one led him to do it. And he went back to the church that he experienced hurt. And he, like, you know, had reconciliation with these leaders that, like, hurt him and stuff. And he's like, you know, like, man, I just want to thank you for sharing your story because I feel like that really set me back into this place where I want to, like, you know, experience the love of God again. I was like, Dang. That's crazy. You know, it was powerful. But it was like, yeah, it's so powerful. I mean, like, sometimes we feel like we have to have all these right words and all these great, but it's like, no, like, it's your story, yeah. right? The gospel of Jesus is powerful. We don't need anything more, but, like, your story is not something that anyone can take from you. But it's about what Jesus has done in your life, right? No one can deny that, right? So the gospel, it has to be the anchor. It has to be the foundation, right? But here's the thing. Grace, it doesn't work like magic, okay? So just because the gospel, we, we live in that place, it doesn't mean that like all of a sudden suffering is easy, right? That we have access to the total victory, right? Like we talked about. It doesn't work like that. We're able to tap into it based on the following four truths, right? And then, so the following verses, it talks about four truths that we could go into that will help us to become Resilient believers who are peace-filled, joyful, and worship through our trials, okay? All right. 
So it goes into the following verses, and it says, We also hope, right? Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Okay, we can glory in it. We can worship and we can be thankful, right? You read about Paul when he's in prison, when Peter's in prison. They're not like sad. Sometimes they were, but they were worshiping, right? They were joyful. There's something that they carried that caused them to be able to worship and to glory in their suffering, okay? The first thing is the suffering, it produces perseverance, okay? We also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering, it produces perseverance, okay? Another word for perseverance is endurance, okay? Um, some of you guys know, I shared with a lot of you guys, but some of you guys know, a couple of weeks ago, I went on this hike, right? Um, so um, our good friend Mike, right, it was his birthday, and so, you know, Mike loves hiking, um, and so we're like, all right, well, let's be good friends, and let's share in the joy that our friend Mike has, okay? Um, and I'll just tell you, like, I'm not a huge fan of hiking, right? And Aaron will tell you that also. Um, but this hike is not like a easy hike, <laughs> okay? And the thing is, Mike kept telling us, like, you guys probably need to prepare. It's like a 12-mile round trip, but it goes from 3,000 uh, feet of elevation to 9,000 feet, okay? In six miles, it goes up. 6,000 feet of elevation, okay? Um, so I was like, okay, six miles one way, that's not that bad. But I didn't take into account that when you go up, it's a little harder, okay? And um, I haven't been working out, okay? This is maybe an understatement, okay? And so <laughs> Mike's just telling us, like, you, you need to, like, train. And he even set up days. Like, this is his trip, but he's setting up days for us where he's like, all right, this is the way we could prepare. We'll do this, like, easier hike, and that'll, like, set you up, right? Um, and all these guys in the back, they, they're, like, laughing because they, they know. And so we get there, and I'm like, dude, how hard can it be, okay? And if you, okay, if you have, like, worked out in the past or if you did sports or anything like that, like, uh, you have a little bit of, like, that pride inside of you. Where you're like, oh, I still got it. Like, how hard can it be? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like you're definitely not where you used to be. But you're like, oh, like I, 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 I've done stuff like this before. Like, I could do this, right? And so I was super prideful. And I was like, oh, I got that. How hard can it be? Right? And I'm like, we start on this hike. And I see, like, a dad carrying, like, his kid on his back. And, like, coming. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, it can't be that bad. If he could do it with a baby on his back, like, surely, you know, I should be able to do this. Um, well, surely, when the hike was over, my body was broken, okay, to say the least. It was so funny because I remember, like, all the other guys, they're, like, going ahead. And I just constantly see them, like, looking back and waiting for me, right? <laughs> Sal is, like, literally, like, five turns ahead, okay? And he's literally taking a break, like... Every 10, 15 minutes, because he's got away from me, right? Um, but the point is, I didn't have the endurance, okay? I, did, I thought I did, but I didn't, okay? I didn't have the endurance because I'm not, like, constantly working out. I'm not constantly doing But what if, right? That was the first time. But what if I did this hike, God forbid, 10 more times, okay? I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to do it 10 times. But what if I did it 10 more times, on that 10th time, 
right? You would probably imagine that it wasn't as hard as it was that first time, right? Because your muscles are strengthening, right? Your joints are strengthening. Your lung capacity is growing, right? There's a growing, there's an endurance that grows, okay? But I wouldn't be able to do that unless... I have some, sore, some, some form of resistance. Remember I said that in order to measure your resilience, you need to have resistance, right? This hike was a form of resistance. And because I didn't have that form of resistance in my life in that area, I had not grown, okay? Erin's looking at me because she's, she's been telling me, like, you need to go to the gym. You need to go to the gym. <laughs> yes, I'll go to the gym. <laughs> but this resistance, right, it forms endurance okay it forms perseverance if you persevere right you will grow you will be strengthened right in the same way if something happens in your life that is hard and painful and frustrating and disappointing and by grace your faith looks to Christ into his power into his wisdom and his love and you don't give in to bitterness and resentment and complaining then your faith endures and it perseveres okay it becomes stronger right that's what it's talking about so a lot of times we have this perspective like, God, I'm suffering. Can't you see that I'm suffering? Like, save me. Right? We have this mentality of like, Jesus, be the helicopter God and just lift me out. And it's so funny because on that hike, literally, I remember Josh and Mike, like we're in the back. And I remember saying to them, I wish my leg would break right now <laughs> so that you have to go ahead and the rangers have to come and deliver me, and bring a helicopter, and save me. I literally said that, right? Did I say that? I said, I literally said that, right? Like, we want to be rescued, but we don't realize is that actually remaining in that place of that suffering, of that tribulation, whatever it is that you're in, right, remaining in that place and enduring, it actually increases our capacity, right? It increases our faith, and that's actually what God wants, because on the other side of this, The thing is, it's not going to stop. Like, it's not like this one thing is over and you'll be no more suffering for the rest of your life. But the next time you go through this same thing, right, you're able to go through it. If I go through this hike 10 more times, on that 10th time, I'm ready. Even on that second time, if I did that hike again, I feel, I believe that I'd be a little more ready, right? (laughs) At least even in my mind, like, I would be ready, right? If you're able to not give in to bitterness, resentment, and complaining, right, but you, by grace, look to him then your faith endures, it perseveres, right? Suffering produces endurance, or suffering produces perseverance, okay? Perseverance produces character, okay? We also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character. And if you look at the original word, the word is, it's dokumen, which is proven character, okay? And what that proven means, it's, it means battle-tested, Okay? Your character is battle-tested. What does that mean? Right? The idea is that when you put metal through testing, like fiery testing, when it comes out on the other side of that testing of persevering uh, and enduring, what you have is the metal is called proven. Okay? It's called authentic or genuine. Right? So they take these metals and they test it right, to, to, like, to see their strength. And when it comes out and it's uh, passed the test, then they attribute it to be, they say that it's proven. Okay, that's kind of the idea, right? Your character is something that you have once you go and you persevere. Okay, the thing about character is that you can't fake character. Okay, like you can pretend 
to be a nice person. But what happens when you are uh, faced with a situation where uh, like the real you comes out, right? That's who you are, right? That's, that's your character, right? The way that you, character is like the values that you live your life by, right? Those are shaped by going through the, the suffering, the tribulation. And as you persevere, it shapes your character, right? Um, in that podcast I was telling you about, or man, he talks about um, giving your word, okay? And this is like for me that like really spoke to me because um, sometimes <laughs> I will say that I'll do something and then I change my mind and I think it's okay, right? So sometimes, or a lot of times I'll be like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll like get together, we'll meet and we'll hang out. And I have every intention to do so, right? And then some time in the next day, right? You're like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Right? Yes, all the time, right? And Erwin McManus, he says this. He says, right, when you give your word, you have two choices. The first choice is that you beg to be released, okay? Well, I mean, you, you, you ask to be taken, like, get out of your promise, right? Or you keep your word, Right? But here's what happens when you uh, beg to be released. Number one, you, you break your promise or you, you break your word. Right? But the second thing is you begin to set a pattern in your soul of the person that you're becoming. Okay? What that means is now you're setting a pattern right, for how you're going to continue to be. And this is the person that you're going to become. Right? In the same way, if you keep your word, you also set a pattern for the person that you're becoming. And what he said was, you know, you do it and you think it's not a big deal because you're like, well, that's what I said yesterday and today is a new day and, you know, I'm feeling something different and, you know, I didn't realize all these things. But what happens is in the future, right, you continue to do that. In the future, when you do want to keep your word, you're unable to do so because you don't have the inner strength to do it anymore, right? You've set this pattern in your life to live in a way to become a person, right, that you've intentionally set to be. Okay, that's your character, your character. When you live a certain way, right, it's a pattern that you're setting to the person that you're becoming, right? The way that you go through your suffering, the way that you persevere, it sets a pattern in your soul for the person that you're becoming, right? That's your character. What remains when you go through the fire, that's the pure thing. That's the authentic thing, right? That's why the people, like when you share your testimony, it's so powerful because that's what you really went through. Right? You can talk about what other people went through, but it doesn't have the same level of power that, that you have when you talk about the things that you personally went through. Right? You can't fake it. It's developed through the testing of your faith, through perseverance. Okay. And the third one, number three, proven character brings about hope. Okay? We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Okay? How does proven character bring out hope? Okay, in verse 2, or one of the previous verses, we talked about the hope that we have in regards to the glory of God, right? This glory is, I know who he is, right? Through who, he, who he's revealed to me, that is the hope that I have of who he is, okay? The full assurance of who he is based on what he's revealed to us about himself. In this verse, when it says, proven character brings about hope, It comes from the perseverance that brings about the full assurance of hope of who we are, 
according to who God says we are. Here's like the deepest fear, I think, with every person. I think one of the deepest fears that we have is we're actually not who we say that we are, right? What we'll find is that actually I'm a hypocrite, right? When I go through this trial, what I'm going to find on the other side is actually I'm not who I said that I was, and I'm actually not who God said that I was. But when you go through suffering and you persevere, it builds character, it builds hope about who God says you are, the assurance of who God says that you are, right? We have the assurance, the full assurance of who he says he is because we've experienced it, right? That's our testimony. But when we go through suffering, our tribulations, what comes out as we build our character is the hope of who God says that we are. It's the confirmation of that, right? Now we can believe, we have the assurance when God says that I'm more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror because I've overcome. It's a full assurance of hope of who we are according to who God says that we are. That's the hope. Okay? And then the fourth thing, the hope that is inspired by proven character will not disappoint us because God gives us the experience of his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The hope does not put us to shame because God puts his love, pours out his love to us, right? It's not just that we go through that experience of the refining of all that, but God comes through the Holy Spirit to give us an experience, right? He wants to meet with us. He wants to tangibly be with us, right? He seals the hope that we have by giving us the experience of the Holy Spirit. Remember I shared, like, with you my testimony, and I, was, uh, I shared, like, you know, how I shared it briefly. But I remember that moment, that actual moment when I encountered God, when I was struggling with my self-worth and um, struggling with who I was, my identity. Man, like, I just feel like I need to find my worth in everyone that I, you know, I, I encounter. I remember in that season, there was a specific moment where I remember it was at a retreat. It was in college where I was, like, crying out to the Lord and I was like, God, like, I followed you all of these days of my life, but I just need to know, like, who I am. Like, I just need to know your love. I need to know it, right? And I, I remember in that moment, I tangibly felt, like, in that moment, I was like, God, I need to know, but I'm going to choose to trust you. I remember in that moment, I tangibly felt his arms, right? Like, I felt it. It wasn't like a in-my-mind type of experience. Like, I, it was, I thought someone was holding me. Right? And I remember hearing his voice, his audible voice, audible voice saying, Daniel, I love you. You're my son. And I'm so proud of you. And it was in that experience that it sealed that, that, that truth, right, in my heart. Right? That experience was a thing that sealed it for me. And I still think back in that moment, it's marked me. Right? It wasn't just that I knew. It wasn't just that I went through that experience all my life. But in that moment, I had an encounter. I had an experience with God. And the way that he poured out his love to me, right? It was the sealing through the Holy Spirit of his love on my heart. It's a thing that marks us. So here's the thing. When we root ourselves in the gospel truth, we're able to worship through our tribulations, right? Through the suffering that, that, that brings about perseverance, that brings about character, that brings about hope. And the hope that's sealed by the Holy Spirit. And as we live in that way, what we find is that we live a life of resilience. 
we snap back. We snap back, right? And the thing is, it grows, right? What maybe broke you down before, you don't struggle with it anymore. It doesn't move you anymore. The thing that caused you to suffer in the past, you don't suffer from it anymore. It's easy, right? You grow. That's a life of resilience. You're moving forward. You're growing. Suffering brings about perseverance. Perseverance brings about character. Character brings about hope. And this hope will not disappoint us. Because the Holy Spirit it seals us with his presence. And this is the last thing I'll say about hope. And maybe I could have someone come play. Um, this is the last thing I'll say about hope. I know I said that hope first is the hope of the glory of God. When we see him and we see who he is and who's revealed himself to us. And the second hope is the hope of who he says that we are and we see who we are in him. It's not just a revealing to ourselves of who we are, but it's actually a hope for those who watch us. Right? How many of you guys know that when we walk through this life as believers, there are people that are watching us? Even other believers, they're watching us, right? When you're able to live and you're able to persevere through the suffering, brings about character and brings about hope, people watch that. That becomes their hope. That hope tells them who they are and who they can be. You never know how your victory over your tribulations can set someone else free, right? Or set them on the course to finding life in Christ. And I'm going to share this last story. Um, I remember when I had that experience um, with God, it was like my junior year in college. And a couple months later, I was having a conversation with my mom. And, you know, she was telling me about um, just that when she was younger, um, she got pregnant. And when she went to the doctors to get her checkup, they said that she had a cyst in her ovaries and she said that the doctors highly recommended they said you know this thing actually it's detrimental to your health like you can die right we need to like like deal with this very quickly you should terminate your pregnancy but my mom she was like no I don't receive that right and she decided to go home and she decided to go to her church and say, you know, like this is the reality. This is what's happening. But I want to pray that God can do something, right? He could do the impossible. And so they prayed for two weeks. Two weeks, they prayed, they believed. And, you know, she, she really believed. She, she really believed that God could do the impossible. And she went back to the doctors and the doctors were like, look, like we really need to move forward with this because this is gonna endanger your life. And, you know, she's like, I just want you to do the scan one more time. And so they scanned it and they found no cyst, right? It's crazy, it's crazy, like, yeah, it's crazy. It, it was like, God did the impossible, right? And she believed, and I, I, I just, I was, she was telling me the story, I'm just trying to imagine like, man, that's crazy for you to have experienced that and for the doctors to say, man, like you need to, do a procedure on this quickly. Like your life is at risk. And for her to say, no, I'm gonna believe, right? And seven months later, I was born, right? And so I had never heard that story before, right? And it was like, I was in college, my final year in college, and 
I just had this encounter with God, right, where God was like, tangibly, I felt his love, right? And then I'm hearing the story of like, man, God literally saved my life. He literally saved my life, right? But it wasn't just that God worked a miracle in my, in my, in my life to save me, right? Like, but it was through my mom's faith that she, choose to, she chose to believe. She chose to hold on to the faith. Like, I'm not going to let go, right? I'm going to believe. And I stand upon that. My life, everything that I do, everything that I accomplish, it's because of that hope that she had, right? I'm able to live in that hope. That hope, it changed. It set a trajectory in my life for me to live in a certain type of way. You know, so you never know. Like, I was wrecked when I heard that story. I was like, man, God, I struggled all my life to find my worth. I struggled all my life to figure out who I was. All this time, you were with me. All this time, you loved me. Right, you never know who's watching you. The hope of who you are, the hope of who God is, right? The way that you live your life, you never know. You never know. <laughs> Amen. You know, there may be some of you here today where you're like in the thick of it, right? You're in the thick of the struggle. There are obstacles in your way, there's tribulations. And you're like, it's really hard to see the end. It's really hard to know that God is going to carry me through and that there's good. But I believe that God is coming today to give us new hope. I believe that God is coming today to give us a hope to live a life full of faith, a life that's resilient, that we can overcome. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. I just sense the presence of God in this place and I just want to take a moment for us to respond I feel like the challenge today for us is not to ask God to take away the suffering to shift our perspective to know that suffering is a gift we need suffering sometimes we need tribulation sometimes we need it to grow we need it to see the goodness of God to see who we are in him you know this life 
70, 80, 90 years, however long that we live and we spend time on this earth, in comparison to eternity, it's, it's a moment, it's a breath. It's literally a fleeting moment. But we have this one, in this one breath, in the, in, the, in the scope of eternity, we have this one moment where we get to choose to worship him in suffering. Right? When we go to heaven, we will never suffer again. We will be in all of his glory. We get to worship, to sit at his feet, to see him face to face, to know him, right? Here on this earth, we know him in part, but we'll know him in the fullness. But here on this earth, we have an opportunity to choose to worship, to have joy in our suffering, in our tribulation. And this morning, I just feel the challenge from the Lord wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing, to say, God, in that place, I choose. I choose to rejoice. I choose to gaze upon your beauty. I choose to worship you. God, I choose to worship you, even when it's hard. God, we're not rejecting the fact that it's hard, but in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the hardship, God, I choose to worship you. I choose you, God. I just want you to take a moment to respond. God, we thank you that your presence is with us. And we say that all the time, God, that you're with us. But God, may we never lose the wonder of the fact, the living God, a holy almighty God, that you came down to make a way so that we could be with you that you could be with us. God, you are here in this place and you are with us. God, we just thank you. And God, I just pray over every person in this room. God, wherever they are, whatever they're experiencing in their life, God, that you would give us the courage. God, not to not just the courage to overcome, but God, the courage to, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our trial, in the midst of whatever it is that we're going through, Lord, to acknowledge you, to worship you, God, to exalt you, 
got to lift up our praise and our worship, got to say that you are great, that you are good. God, through whatever that we're going through, God, give us the courage to face it. God, not to turn our backs to it, but to, to face it head on to say, God, you are greater. God, you are more than able. And God, who you say that I am is true. Who you say that you are is true. God, I just speak peace over every heart, the peace that transcends understanding. God, I pray it would guard their hearts. Lord, I pray for the joy of the Lord, God, that it would strengthen them. And Lord, I pray for courage to rise up, for boldness to rise up. Over every heart, God, God, we thank you. We thank you. And God, I thank you that your promise is not to take us from the suffering, but God, that you would be with us. And God, that you would never leave us, that you would never forsake us, God. There's nothing that could separate us from your love. So Lord, we thank you for your promise. We thank you for what you're doing in this place, in every heart. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.